Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of High School Not So Much a Musical. I'm your host, Rishi Sinha, and this is part two of our talk with Miss Filios. So let's get right into it. Okay, yeah, yeah. And wait, so on that note, let's say a, a, a college's, you know, SAT range is like 1550 to 1590, or actually, yeah, something like that, or for a specific, you know, school, like, let's say, like, the School of Engineering, would you recommend someone to submit their ICT score if they had, like, a 1540 or 1550, or at that point, would you think it would be detrimental to their application if it was in, like, the lower range of that whole spectrum? I would say that I would probably recommend a student who's at the lower range um, or under the kind of midway point of uh, their typical or median um, test score not to send their scores. Um, you know, if the test range is, as you mentioned, say a 1540 to, to 1590, um, if I was a student, I probably wouldn't send my scores unless I was in that 1580 or 1590 range. Um, it might not hurt if you had a score of a 1540 to send, if you were below the 1540, I probably would suggest to a student that they not send their scores. Um, because the college is not gonna guess why you're not sending your scores. They're not gonna assume that they're bad. Um, you know, by sending a student with a 1540, by sending it to a school that has that high range, they are showing that they're on, you know, the lower side of the range. Um, and maybe you wouldn't want to present that to a college. Got it. Got it. Okay. So now I want to transition into, you know, the actual application process of college. And uh, one thing that is extremely important is, you know, obviously the essays in your activity list, which I'll come to um, in, in a couple of minutes. But the first question I have on the actual application process is how should students or high schoolers in particular choose the teachers that they want to write their letter of recommendation? Your letters of recommendation writers should be people uh, I think that students feel comfortable with, um, that they have had more than just basic you know, in-class um, content conversations with. They should be people who know them, um, not only in the classroom, I think, um, and about how they handle content, but who know them um, also as, as a person. So I would suggest, you know, who are the teachers that you might have a conversation with before or after class, on whether it's on course content or maybe it's just what they did on their uh, over what you did over the weekend um, teachers who you feel very comfortable with that if you were you know maybe having a tough time in life in general that you would be comfortable going and talking to them about something like that um, because those are the people who are going to be able to capture not only what you've done in the classroom, but they're going to be able to capture who you are as a person. What are your your characteristics, um, your strengths, your vulnerabilities? Um, people who know you more than 
this student was in my class, they got an A, they always turned in their homework, they were a hard worker. Those are all nice things to have someone say about you, but you want it to be a teacher who can, you know, also talk about um, your passions or, you know, a specific project that you did in the class. So I think the the first indicator would be how well does this teacher know me as both a student and a person? Um, I would not worry about what grade I had in the class. Um, if I was a student, I would not worry about, oh, but you know, I struggled a little in this teacher's class. I didn't do real well on my first couple tests, but I've worked hard and brought my grade up. That could be a great thing for the teacher to write about. Um, so I wouldn't use my grade or, you know, how well I do on assignments is necessarily the indicator on whether or not this, you know, teacher is is someone who can write for me. I really think it's that personal connection that is more important than how I actually, you know, uh, handled the content in a particular course. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. And yeah, so letters of recommendation, they're pretty hard. And I think that was some great advice that the high schoolers could use to, you know, help choose um, who, who they want to write or, or to their letter of recommendation. And I really like what you said about, you know, how your grade is should not be the, the deciding factor and more of like the experiences that happen during the class is like what's more important. So uh, now I want to talk about something that I feel like is maybe sort of overlooked in terms of college applications and it's about like the college interview um uh you know if you apply to colleges you know you'll probably get an interview if you and, and i at least i think if you meet like you know the initial grade requirements standardized testing you'll get asked to do an interview with a with an alumni so i wanted to know what should someone expect in a college interview um, yes um there are not a lot of colleges that actually require interviews um, and many colleges don't offer interviews at all. They simply don't have the staffing or the uh, alumni, you know, um, basis to be able to do interviews. But if you are required to do one or you have the option um, to do an interview, they can be a great way for a student to in some ways sell themselves um, you know the interviews are often conducted by alumni not ad actual admissions officers and there's kind of it's a dual opportunity one for you to share with um, this alum um, you know a little about yourself why you're interested in that particular college that they're representing but it's also an opportunity for the student to get to ask the alum questions about their own experience um, at the college. So I think it really can serve as a dual purpose. Um, to prepare for the interview, I would suggest that, you know, a student really think about, you know, why am I interested in the particular college that I'm going to apply? apply to? Um, what is it that motivates me to want to attend the school? And I think a student should be able to answer more than just, 
it's got a great reputation or it's highly ranked or, you know, I had a relative who went there and, and it was really good. I think they should have a very personal response about what it would mean for them to be able to attend this um, particular school. I also think in preparation, um, a student should think of, you know, not a lot, maybe two or three questions that they'd like to ask the alum um, and questions that can give them some new perspective on the on the college. So not something that they can find on the school website, but, you know, something more um, that this alum can provide. So, you know, maybe something like, you know, can you tell me about your best experience at College X? Um, and can you tell me about a time that you were really disappointed in the school or in the program? Um, you know, uh, or even a question like, if you can change something, the alum could have changed something about their experience at College X, what would they have liked you know, to change. Um, you could also ask, a student could also ask the alum, um, do you have any suggestions for me for people, places, programs that if I'm lucky enough to attend this college that I definitely should access? To get a little sense of, you know, what are the kinds of support system, whether they be people or programs or offices, um, that are going to be there um, as a safety net, something to help you uh, when you do go off to that college. Um, and I, the other thing is, I think students should feel or need to be very genuine in the interview. You know, you don't need to be spouting all kinds of facts and figures about yourself and telling them about every award that you've ever won, um, you know, or trying to impress them that you you know, been involved in a particular program or you did a, you know, some kind of internship over a summer. They're really trying to get to know you, much like the college essays are. Um, they want to know who you are as, as a person. Um, and they, as an alum, are going to try to see, do I, do I picture this student as a student in my former school? Could I see this student as maybe somebody I would have been friends with? if we had gone to college at the same time. So while you do want to sell yourself a bit, I think you want to be very genuine about it. Um, you're probably talking to someone who's been highly successful. You're obviously talking to someone who did accept, get accepted by this college. Um, and so, you know, be yourself. If they ask a question, you can't answer it. Be honest. You know, I don't really have a an answer for this question. It's a great question. It's something I, I'll, I'll think about. Um, and so I think being yourself is probably the most important piece um, of the interview. And as I said, if you have an opportunity to do it, I would highly recommend um, a student take advantage of those optional interviews. I tend to feel like in general, they really help a student. Uh, the final piece of advice I would give is always after an interview, follow up with a thank you. So thank them at the end of the interview. And if you have their contact information, send an email, send a card, but do some follow up. Thank you for this person taking their time on your behalf. Okay. Yeah. And that, that that's really interesting. I didn't know that you could 
uh, ask questions to the alumni. And I kind of feel like, you know, that could almost be used to your advantage as it can show a little bit more about your personality and the way that you think. And I think, Ms. Filio, some of the questions that that um, you, you were talking about were ones that I, uh, that I, you know, I have a couple of schools in mind that I want to apply to. And I would love to like, you know, have an alumni interview. And I feel like I would really want to ask those questions to them. So yeah, I feel like those are some, some really great questions. And I feel like, you know, throughout this podcast, we've kind of gone on like, you know, a journey, like when should you start your college apps or once you start caring about college apps, then, you know, we talked a little bit about standardized testing and which can start, you know, maybe 10th grade and like early 11th grade. And then we talked about, you know, a little bit about the actual application process. And then now let's say you got into, uh, you got, you got into like five, five, five or 10 schools, right? And you now have to, you know, decide which one do you want to go to? So the question I want to ask is something that you preach a lot in school is that, you know, college rankings shouldn't be, you know, the final deciding or the major deciding factor in the school that you go to, or how you shouldn't just apply to a school because it's, you know, top five. Could you talk a little bit more about that and why you think that college rankings, you know, shouldn't be that important in deciding where you're going to spend the next four or so years of your life? Certainly. One of my favorite things to talk about. Um, uh, you know, rankings are just that. Um, they don't, yes, they can tell you something about a college um, because they're, they're taking someone's perspective, usually a group like maybe the U.S. News and World Report um, that has taken into certain factors and, you know, ranked colleges. What you never know, however, when you see those rankings is you never completely know what factors were they taking in account to come up with those rankings. Um, did they interview students to find out how happy they were um, at their particular college? Did they look at you know, statistics in terms of how many students who started as freshmen stayed at the college um, through their senior year and actually graduated? Um, did they look at things like um, housing and, you know, food services offered? Um, so you never know completely when you're using a ranking all the factors that were put into that ranking to come up with this kind of numerical um, base um, that names the school number one or names the school number 500. The other thing is that a school that, you know, may be a number one ranked school may not be really the number one fit for any particular student. And I think it's much more important for students to think about what it is that they want out of a college. What do they value? What's important to them? Does the college align with their own personal beliefs um, and values? Um, and really think about, you know, where do you want to spend the next four or four plus years? And it, the answer may be if I, if a student is truly um, honest with themselves, it may be a school that is not going to show up high in a ranking 
And yet if the student goes to that school, um, they are going to have a great, great experience. Um, and so, you know, that's that great experience can't always come out in a numerical, you know, form. Um, so for one student attending maybe a number one school, it is the right fit. But for another student, it may not be. Um, students have to ask themselves questions about, you know, um, you know, how competitive is the student gonna body going to be? Those top-ranked schools obviously have a lot of applicants. It's very hard to get into. When students get there, you know, how challenging is it going to be? Are you going to be able to enjoy the experience or are you going to have to work so hard to compete with very highly skilled other students, very competitive students, that you don't have the opportunities to enjoy dorm life, to join activities, to play a sport, um, to do an internship. And so there needs to be some balance there between, you know, again, goes back to that idea of, of fit. Um, I think for, for a student, if you can really be honest with with yourself about what you're looking for and fit, you'll find that maybe school that's ranked number 250 is going to be a much better experience for you than the school that's that's ranked number one. And perhaps by going to a school that is not highly ranked, you will have such a good experience, you will do so well academically that if you're going to go on to any kind of graduate school or advanced schooling that you're going to still be highly well prepared, maybe better prepared if you want to apply to those higher ranked schools for your graduate degree or your PhD. And oftentimes I think students are better off um, forgetting the rankings for their bachelors of arts or bachelors of science, going with a school where they're going to be able to be much more well-rounded perhaps. And then if they still think rankings are important, then apply it to when they're gonna try to go to graduate school. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. And yeah, thank you so much for that advice. And as we are coming towards the end of the podcast, uh, Ms. Filios, I'm gonna ask you the infamous, you know, high school, not so much a musical tips question. And it's the question that we ask, all of the guests that we bring onto the podcast and interview and it's always the last question and it's just if you could give any advice to the high schoolers listening have it be about you know college have it be about stress management it can literally be about anything what advice would you give to the high schoolers enjoy your high school experience there's nothing like it it goes fast um yes you're in high school you know for the academic part of it, but I think enjoying and taking advantage of the extracurricular and social parts of high school are as important, if not in my mind, more important than the academic piece. So enjoy. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much for all of your words of wisdom and for the listeners. This wraps up a super interesting podcast with Ms. Filios. And Ms. Filios, I just want to take thank you for taking the time to come on and let me interview you. And for the high schoolers listening, stay tuned for the next episode, which will come out roughly a week after this.
All right. Thank you guys so much. That's our show for today. Now roll the credits. High School Not So Much A Musical is hosted by Ayush Agarwal, Nitin Jaladanki, and Rishi Sinha. Narration by Samhit Khadala. Music from Louis Luang Relaxation Cafe, Tune Pocket, and Infraction. If you like the show, please recommend it to your friends and family. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.